Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. So, we are going to start our message. Are you ready? I've been wanting to get to this message for a long time, but because of circumstances, it hasn't happened. But we, it's kind of the last message tailing in on our, our um, soul-winning or uh, lifesaver messages that we were doing. And this one is answering the hard questions. How many know when you're sharing the gospel, sometimes you get presented with very difficult questions? And so some of the most common questions that are hard to answer, we're going to deal with today. Um, I'm just going to quickly say what those questions are. There's three main ones. One is, why do good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. Um, If God's a God of love, why are there so many people starving to death, children starving? Why doesn't he do anything about it? And then the third one is, how can a God of love send people to hell? So those are three. And the other one is, um, there can't be only one way to, to heaven or one way to God. And so those are some of the key we often get confronted with. So to start, I'm going to give you a foundation, and it's what I call God's absolutes. Now, we shared a while back on how the word of God is really... Uh, the truth. It's, uh, it's God's uh, plan for people, and God gave us his word. Uh, his word is true. His word will not return void or empty. We gave all the reasons for that, why we believe in the word of God, back about a month or so ago. So I'm not going to go through all of that, but I will say what I'm about to say is all from the word of God. And, um, and so I'm going to give you some absolutes. The first absolute I'm going to give you, that means, an absolute means this is a foundational teaching that is true and it cannot be changed. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the first one is that God is sovereign, but in his sovereignty, he has delegated the authority of the earth to man. In other words, he has given man authority over the yep. earth to be caretakers of the earth and to um, given us a free will because of that. And so now... In saying that, I am going to say, ultimately, God has a plan for the earth. He has an ultimate plan for end times, which he is going to orchestrate regardless of what we choose. Do you understand what I'm saying? But we have free choice, and we have been given a responsibility. In the Garden of Eden, when God created Adam and Eve and and gave them a commission, he told them to rule and dominate the earth, to populate it, to to take care of it. And that has never changed. We still have that responsibility. So... What happens on the earth has everything to do with the decisions we make, okay? The second thing is, the second uh, absolute is God is good. He's 100% good. In fact, um, James 1.17 says, whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in heavens, and he never changes or casts a shifting shadow. And then we can read in Acts 10.38, it says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And Jesus also says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I come to give life and give it more abundantly. So God is good. That's an absolute. The next absolute is the devil is evil. So we have, you know, there's two kingdoms. And and, um, so the devil is evil. The devil is the source of sin the source of of all the wicked and horrible things that happen on the earth. 
And um, I want to read 1 Timothy 4, 1 to 2. It says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive paths and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites, liars, and their consciences are dead. And then 1 John 5, 19, it says, We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. So the, the Bible also teaches us that the, Satan is the God of this world. So we know that God ultimately is in charge. And in fact, in the big picture, God is going to redeem everything. He's going to redeem us, the earth, and all of that. And he's already got a plan for all that. But in the meantime, he has delegated authority to us so that we can make choices on the earth That's and right. people can choose to live whatever way they want. And in those choices, there's consequences. Because of the choices man has made, there is a curse on the earth. God made provision on the earth for us to have everything we could ever need. In other words, there's enough food in the world for everybody. There's enough resources for everybody. And if people are starving or things are going wrong in the world, which there are plenty of things going wrong in the world, it's because of the choices of man. Because man's hearts are naturally not good. And so I'm going to, that's our next absolute is actually, no, they're, um, the next absolute is there must eventually, or there will eventually, be a separation of good and evil. Right. So ultimately, God has a plan that when everything's wrapped up down here, good and evil will be completely separated. There will be no evil in heaven, and there will be no That's good right. in hell. Okay? Everybody got that so far? So the next absolute is man is not good. Now, we have some good in us because we were made in the image of God, but basically man is prideful, selfish, greedy, fearful, angry, opinionated, um, and so on and so forth, okay? So, and I think we all know that's true in every one of us. We struggle with pride. We struggle with selfishness. We're very opinionated. Um, we, you know, we get uh, angry easily, you know. Anybody we, agree with that? Raise your hand. Just, just. Okay. Okay. But sin progressively always gets worse, so in other words, um, I know back when I was in school in the 50s and 60s, you know, if a girl got pregnant and she wasn't married, it was a very shameful thing. It was something that the families would really hide. And, um, or, you know, the th certain things that were done back then, you know, were considered bad and evil, which now are no longer considered bad and evil. They're totally accepted. They're totally normal. And uh, there is no shame at all. In fact, if you, back when I used to watch TV programs in the 50s and 60s, you know, if you had a, a actors playing a husband and wife, they would put them in two separate beds. They wouldn't even have them in the same bed together That's right. because they knew that was wrong. Nowadays, anything goes on TV. And, and so we see, we see that the progression of sin has right. taken over our society, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. We see lawlessness in our land. You know, they just had an election in the States. Regardless of whose side you were on, who you wanted in, an election is an election. It's a free will vote that people have the right to vote. And when you, when you come against that, basically what you're doing is you're coming against your right to vote or the freedom to vote. And so what happens is if you lose an election and your, your candidate didn't get in, then you've got to accept that. That's, that's the way it is, whether you like it or not. And then your obligation is to pray for that leadership and so on. So, but nowadays people are lawless. People Just want what they want and they don't care what it costs. They don't care who it hurts. They don't think about the big picture. They just think about what they want. And um, right or wrong, it's just it's the way people are. So we can see the progression of sin in our world. Because man is not good. 
In fact, Jesus said that, you know, when they called him good, he says, no one is good. That's right. But God. Now, there's good in us. If there wasn't any good in us, we'd all be killing each other, you know, all the time. And so, um, you know, sin gets worth. Righteousness can only come from God. And number six is God. This is the number, the sixth absolute. God made one provision for our righteousness, and that is the work of the cross. Mm-hmm. Colossians 1, 13 to 14 says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Now, Jesus, and how do I know Jesus is the only way? Because Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, well, first of all, the Bible says so, but aside from that, Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was pleading with God, if this be your will, you know, like, let this cup pass from me, if there was another way, God would have told Jesus, you don't have to go through this, there are other ways to me. But God literally would not allow his own son to sacrifice his life and go through all he went through if there were other ways to God. So we have to know the absolutes. And so what we're going to teach this morning is going to be based on that. So one of the things that I was taught from a very, very young age when I first got born again was to get to know the character of God. When I first started the church over here at WCF uh, almost 34 years ago, the first message that I preached over here to the, to the group that was here, and many of those people are still with us to this here day, was to get to know the character of God. Then the first revelation I brought is that God is faithful. Why? Because it's foundational for everything that we started over here in, in Windsor. It's foundational for everything that we would build upon. If we don't have these absolutes down on the inside, then we're going to be open for what the enemy wants to do to deceive us, to accuse us, and to tempt us to believe that there's other things, there are other ways to God, other things uh, other than what God's revelation of truth is for you and I today. So in James chapter 1, two verses that I want to go to, James chapter 1, again, Kathy said, so don't be misled, and who's he talking to? Brothers and sisters. So the temptation to be misled, the temptation to be deceived is going to be here. Oh, what is the context that the writer speaks about? Don't be misled. If you tell your children, don't touch that, 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 that burner over there, and the child goes and touches it, how many know they were warned that that thing can do them harm, that thing can cause them pain? So God says, don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Here's the key. Whatever, whatsoever is what? Come on. Good, and what else? And perfect is a gift. Where's it at? Coming down, and God is above to us from God our Father who created all the lights in where? In the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So here's the thing. If it's coming down from above, how many know it's God and it's good? Come on. And, And that was fundamental inside me. I've never questioned that aspect of the character of God. I've never questioned the nature of God because when I was young and I got born again, they told me to read the gospel of John. In the gospel of John, you will have an understanding of your plan, of God's love for you, of God's forgiveness towards you, of God's sacrifice for you. Everything was all laid out there. And then when I went to John 14, 15, 16, and 17, I took all the names of God, because every name of God revealed that aspect of God's character to me. And I found out in Jesus' discourse that every name God has, it's all brought out right there in those chapters. 
And it blew me away as I began to understand this here, God, as I got to know you. But I want to take you to one today. If I was to introduce myself to you today, I would say my name is Pastor Rick Shimatero. Okay, people on live stream, the majority of them know who I am unless they're on new today or if you're new in the church today, that's who I am. Who is my wife? I am married to Pastor Kathy Shimatero. We have six married children. Come on. And how many grandchildren do we have? 16 grandchildren. Come on now. So we can get into all those aspects. Okay. What am I known for across Canada? You can go to groups. You can go to people. I'm known as the Apostle of Reconciliation. Bringing people groups together from all over, nationalities and people groups, and bringing, healing the breaches. I'm known for this. That's what I do. It's what I'm all about. Can you all say amen? Now, here's the key. Exodus 34 tells us who this God is that we serve today, okay? And it's God addressing himself by his very name. This is, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what life's all about for me. From God's perspective, not my perspective or yours. And in Exodus 34, it tells us, then the Lord, verse number five, then the Lord came down in a cloud and he stood there with him. And the one that's with him is Moses. And it says, and he called out his own name. Literally calling out his own name, God says, okay, I'm gonna introduce myself who I am. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I'm all about. Then he says, my name is Yahweh, the self-existent one. Go to the next verse in verse number six. And then the Lord passed in front of Moses calling out, Yahweh, the Lord. Come on, what's the first attribute of this God that you and I, he wants you to know? Come on, the God of compassion. Has anybody known anybody characterized by compassion? Come on. We know the story over there of uh, uh, on the road when the guy was wounded, the guy was broken, the guy was half dead out there, and he's called the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan was known as a compassionate one. Those same attributes in the Good Samaritan are in everyone that's born again today. And then the second thing he says, I want you to know, is a God of what? Come on. Of mercy. How many know God doesn't have mercy? How many know God is mercy? And so we have an understanding of this. How many know, thank God for the mercy of God that I didn't get what I deserve. And you didn't get what you deserve. Come on. And then here's another thing. Is there anybody here short, short fused at times? Come on. Anybody here react? Anybody ever say something and bang, you just came out and bang, you just gave them everything. Come on. Well, uh, well how, many know, how many know that happens in our life? But the reality is how many know God's not short fused? God says, I am slow to anger. Come on. And then he said something else. I don't have unfailing love. I am filled with what? Unfailing, unfailing love. love. And what else is God? And faithfulness. So here's the key. If that's who God says he is, the enemy is opposed to what God says, and he wants you to believe a lie. He wants you to believe that God doesn't care about you, that God doesn't know who you are, that God, God wishes you evil, or God wants anger, or God's got all this here stuff against you, and that's all lies that he wants to share as the tempter, which is his nature, as the accuser, which is his nature, and as the deceiver, which is his nature. Now go to the next verse, because this is the part people don't like to talk about. Come on. He says, I lavish, come on, unfeeling love to how many generations? In other words, listen, sir, ma'am, 
You make a choice to go in the right ways of God. This choice that you make today, it's not going to just affect your life, your home, your marriage, but it's also going to affect your children. It's not just going to affect your children. It's going to affect your grandchildren. It's not going to affect just your grandchildren. It's going to affect your great-grandchildren. And even after you're gone and they're gone, it's going to affect generations, even up to a thousand of them, according to what God says. Come on. I, listen careful, I'm almost done. I forgive, what does God forgive? Iniquity, lawlessness, what else does God forgive? Rebellion, what else does God forgive? Sin, but hang on, and this is so important that you have an understanding. How many know he's a God of forgiveness? He just said it, but I do not excuse who? Come on, the guilty, I lay the sins, come on, of the parents upon their children and grandchildren, the entire family is affected even children in the third and fourth generation. I could take you to gen- places and numbers where it actually will affect the illegitimate curse of sexual uh, immorality will actually affect up to 10 generations of people. So here's the good news for you and I today and all of us that are in Christ. Yes, as surely as a doctor can go and and medical will ask you, uh, is there diabetes? Is there cancer? Is there a weakness in the bloodline? Well, so is the same thing of spirits can also be passed out. Spirits of alcohol, spirits of addiction, spirits can be passed out. But in the good news, your faith can be passed out, generation. Your love can be passed out. Your compassion can be passed out. Your mercy can be passed out and it'll be stronger in the generations to come than it was on you when the gambling addiction was broken off my life my kids have never had to suffer with it why because it was severed from the cross of Jesus Christ you know God God gives all of us a free will and we have the right to choose if we did not have the right to choose then we would be like robots we you know God could have God, God is good. He made everything good. But there sure. always has to be that choice. There has to be something else, which we know the devil Jeez. was the one that a- evil came through, Satan or Lucifer. And so it's there. there. There is evil there. But God allows us to choose because if he just forced us to worship him, forced us to be good, we would not be free will people. We would be a bunch of robots. And so God couldn't allow that. That's why there has to be evil. Now, in that, Jesus said he came to save those that knew they needed God, those that knew they were sinners and needed to repent. He didn't come for the self-righteous. In other words, the problem with people, the number one problem, this is what really caused the fall of Lucifer, is pride. Pride is the biggest issue. And so when, if you are self-righteous, then you are, you are giving yourself credit to be good or to be better than you are. See, people have this tendency to think they are better than they are and then blame a God who is good for what's wrong. And that's why people always blame God for what's wrong in the world because they don't want to take responsibility for the consequences of sin of man, their own sin even. And so we have to realize God, when he separates everything, in other words, God cannot allow people that are self-righteous into heaven because they will corrupt it. It's quiet here. He cannot allow evil into heaven. And so people that have a heart after God recognize their need of God, recognize that they can't be righteous on their own, and they recognize the goodness of God, and they humble themselves, because that's the only way into the kingdom of God, is to humble yourselves and acknowledge that you need God, and that you need his gift of salvation. And so God doesn't send people to hell. They choose to go to hell, because they reject God. Why would you reject God? Why would you reject God's free gift of salvation? 
The only reason people reject it is pride, it's self-righteousness. In fact, if you talk to most people and you start to share with them about their need for God, they'll tell you that they're pretty good already. Mm-hmm. Most people will tell you. They'll, on, they will begin to tell you how good they are, and they're not that bad. And um, another reason is unbelief. You know, people will reject it because they don't really believe. But if they really wanted to know, if they were sincere, they would search it out. Because people that do search it out usually end up believing. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was presented with the gospel, I didn't really believe it at first. However, I heard enough that made me think, if this is true, I want to know. I would like to know. And so I remember when I asked Christ into my heart, I didn't really believe. But what I said when I invited Christ in was, if you're real, then I want to know you. But you need to reveal yourself to me. That's all I needed. Right? He just needs an open door. And so, and he did reveal himself to me. And so, you know, unbelief is another reason. And so what happens is the pride of man in their own, and the other issue too is they're hanging on to something. They don't want to surrender. How many people do you witness to uh, and tell about the gospel, but they think, well, if I do that, I've got to give up this. And so they think put whatever sin it is, because it's always a sin, over God's gift of salvation. And they reject him for their sin. And so we have to understand people reject God. And Deuteronomy, I want to read this in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 to 20. It says, today I have given you the choice. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and cursing. So it's, it's not just a matter of, you know, your choice is between life or death. It's a life or death choice. It's whether you're going to be blessed or whether you're going to be cursed. I mean, this isn't a little decision. This is major. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God and obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Now, if in the end times, when it's all wrapped up, there is a complete separation from good and evil, and hell is going to be all evil, and heaven is going to be all good, and you can only get to heaven by acknowledging that you need God and his righteousness to get there, why would you reject the free offer? Why would you reject that? Only your pride, only your love of evil. And that is why people go to hell, because they want to do it their way. They don't want to humble themselves before a mighty God who made an amazing provision for us Come on. to go to heaven. We're going to just watch a skit right now on this choice. path that leads to destruction, but straight and narrow is the way that leads to life. Welcome to Choose You This Day. Please join me in giving a warm welcome to our two contestants as we give them an opportunity to choose their path to freedom. Freedom, sweet freedom. Gentlemen, are you ready? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Oh, I'm so ready. Never been more ready in my life. I'm more readier than him. Oh, the best. I'm the most readiest. All right, there's a couple of things you need to know. First, this path, path number one leads to a cliff. 
All right, cliff. I'm okay. following you, cliff. Okay. This path, path number two, two, yeah. leads to a cliff. Another okay. cliff. Okay, yeah. Okay, so board. we we have path one, cliff, cliff, cliff. Okay, yeah. all right. Path two, cliff, cliff. All right. Okay. okay, another cliff. Path number three, okay, leads to freedom. You lost me. Freedom. All right. So why does the path to freedom? Why is it so narrow compared to the other two paths? Yeah, those paths look a lot easier than that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, it's not for everyone, I suppose. It takes discipline and dying to self. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 whoa. wait. Why would I want to die? So you can be free. If you lose your life, you find it. If you keep it, you lose it. Is your freedom not worth dying for? Okay, I'm not very bright, but that's really confusing. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at this path over here. You said it leads to a cliff. I don't see a cliff out there. I don't see one. Oh, it's out there. And I'm just supposed to trust you on this? I wouldn't trust him. Absolutely not. Take a look at the map. Oh, Ma well, this, this is maps look nowadays. Look how old this map is. <laughs> it's like a Blackberry map. Oh, no, this is Apple Maps. Hey, 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 hey. I mean, look how old it is. Is it even relevant? Of course it's still relevant. Oh, come on, it's the 20th century here. A lot has changed. I bet that that path has evolved. I bet it, it, it doesn't even lead to a cliff anymore. I bet the cliff doesn't even exist. And if it does, I bet you someone probably built a bridge over it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yep, you exactly. know what? I think I'm gonna choose, I'm gonna choose that path. Good choice. But it leads to a cliff. You will fall to your doom. Well, I'm willing to take that chance. Gotta take chances. And of your freedom. Nobody really knows what the future has in store for us. Uh, Come on. Apparently, there's a map. You know what? I'm not going to take any man-made map to tell me how to live my life. You said that we get to choose the path to freedom. Is this our choice yeah. or not? Yeah, of course okay, it's Okay, great. I choose that path. And if there's a cliff and I fall to my death, well then, so be it. At least I live my life the way I want to live my life. Yeah, that's right, that's right. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. You bring me on your show. You present me with three paths. Mm -hmm. You tell me I have the right to choose any path I want to choose, but if I don't choose your path, I'm going to fall off a cliff. That doesn't seem very fair at all. Not fair at all. But what wouldn't be fair is if I didn't tell you about the cliff and I let you find out on your own, because by then, it would be too late. Instead, I'm giving you all the information you need to make an informed decision. So what you're saying is, it's not really a choice at all. I mean, if you want freedom, you have to choose the narrow path. Yes, yes, thank you, I think we have a winner. Oh, no winner. All right, I'm willing to take my chance. I'm still taking this path, all right? You know good, what? good luck, buddy. Thanks, thanks. You know what? I'm open-minded. Very open-minded. Everyone knows I'm open-minded. And I think that this whole one-path philosophy is a little bit narrow-minded. So I'm going to go ahead and take my chances with the right side over here. Uh, but guys, you will meet a cliff. You will fall over it, and you will die. If you say so. All right. Well, like my granny always said, you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. So when your horse dies from dehydration, don't blame yourself for the choices he made because, well, that wouldn't be fair. Oh, oh no, oh. there's the, there's
a clip! Oh! oh no, there was a clip! Why wasn't I warned about this clip at all? And no reason at all was warned. Until about next time, <laughs> choose wisely. Good night, everyone. Was that well done or was that well done? I mean, isn't it, isn't really life about our choices today? When you come down, let me just state something why we, we, we covered the subject of why bad things happen to good people. How many know Joseph had a vision when he was a young boy, 17 years of age, shared it with his brothers, and how many know they didn't celebrate his vision? Come on, his daddy kept it in his heart. And how many know his brothers actually betrayed him, rejected him, and not only that, they sold him into slavery? Come on. And then guess what? He was bought by slavery, but how many know bad things happen to a kid that had destiny inside of him? He was 17 years of age, but here's what happened. His, he goes to the marketplace, and they, Potiphar actually purchases him, who was a military man, and brings him into his house right off the market block out there. But Joseph still loved his God. Come on, still honored his God because his principle was put inside of him from a young age that I'm going to honor all people. So he honored, listen very carefully, his new master, Potiphar. And he found favor in Potiphar's eye that he put him in trusting the whole household, all except for his wife. And then his wife had one of them days of the month that she just got a little bit, wanted a little bit more. Come on. And, and, and we won't go into details, but, but Joey wouldn't do it. And so he splits and then he gets falsely accused for doing something that he didn't do. And then he gets thrown into jail, and I'm, I'm going somewhere with it. Then he gets thrown into jail, but he still stayed sweet, even in spite of the sour situation. And God gave him favor with the jailer, and then the jailer put him entrusted over all the, all, all, all the other prisoners that were there. And then not only that, another guy comes into his prison and, 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 and is thrown in there, and one's going to lose his head, and the other's going to get promoted back. And how did they know that? Because Joseph divine and actually shared prophetically what was going to happen in both of their lives. And when the one guy got promoted back to the Pharaoh's house, he said, don't forget me. And he did for two years. Another disappointment. But Joseph stayed true to the vision and he didn't allow himself to be soured by it. Come on. Because he honored. And then amazingly, when he's 30 years of age, he gets pulled up from the pit to the palace. Shaves up, goes in there, and guess what happens? He goes and addresses the Pharaoh and says, there's going to be seven good years, and there's going to be seven hellish years. He says, but it's going to come just as I'm divining it. And guess what? The king, put the, the Pharaoh puts him into that their position now as the number two guy in all the land of Egypt. And he didn't see the fulfillment at, at 20 years of age, he didn't see it till he was at, at 30 years of age. He saw the fulfillment, listen, 23 and a half years later, because the seven good on the 30 is 37, and he was 17 when he went in, 20. And then halfway into the second part is when his brothers came down, bowed down, and were, come on now. I say all that, God had a plan for his life. But the difference was evil hit, evil hit him, but he didn't allow bitterness to consume him. He allowed the principle of honor to promote him in every phase of the road. Now, here's the thing that we all need to happen. In life, injustices will happen. In life, people will make the wrong decision that will affect us. 
will affect even our finances that time, will affect our health that time, will affect our families that time. And we're not responsible for the wrong choices that people might make. They have to ultimately live with their consequences and choices. But we are, we are responsible for the choices that I make and the choices you make. And I've learned this here. I've learned this here. God says he will work whatever the enemy means for evil. God says, if you keep the right attitude to me, I'll turn it around for good. So he has that ability in there. But I'm going to tell you something. You get soured and you get a judgmental attitude you get a chip on your shoulders and start blaming God, which goes right to number one, Rick 101. God is good. Come on. He's not bad. Rick 102, God is faithful, and on and on and on. If the enemy can slant the character of God in your mind, he's got you right where he wants you. Joseph lived to see the dream. He lived to see the fulfillment of the prophetic word because he kept the right attitude in spite of the wrong people and the things they did to his life did not affect the choice that he made to honor God all the way through. And God turned it around inside of his life. And I, I, I'm just feeling just so strongly today that there's people in here today, God shared with you today to honor him in baptism. God said to get baptized in there. But there's hard issues on the inside that you're, you're struggling with. And you know that he says to repent. It's not for little babies. It's for consenting adults. Come on. He said to believe that he's the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And he says, and get baptized. I, this, is so off, this is so off the cuff. Everybody stand for one moment. I'll turn it right over to Kathy because she's going to wind it down with this here. But if that's you, Mike, Mike, I want you right here. And Sue, come on up here. The two of you guys, just come right here. If that's you and you know that God was tugging you today. You know that God was pulling on your heart. And it's a hard issue, sir. It's a hard issue. And God wants to melt that heart. He wants to take that hard heart and give you the heart of Jesus that will willingly do simply what he says. Repent of your sins, believe, and then you're going to be baptized. Today. And I believe that you're going to become the recipient of the greater good that God has for you today. So just ask your neighbor, is he talking to you today? And if he is, are you going to respond? And just come today as you are. I know we already did the call. I've never done this in all the years, but I'm sensing strongly God saying to do it now. And if you come, you watch and see what God does in the inside of you. It's going to change you. It's going to be the thing that you want, but you just didn't know how to get it. And God's saying, come as you are and watch what I do in the core of your heart, in the core of your being. So if that was you, sir, that was you, man, then just come as you are and just watch what this God's going to do. Watch the transformation that's going to hit in the inside of you that's going to connect you to the divine will and the master plan of God's life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah, I had to obey. I had to obey. I'd rather do that and miss it than not do it and have God on my case. Amen? <laughs> Amen. If that was you and you know it, then come down because we got a lot more to get done in the next few moments. But sir, ma'am, if God spoke to you and that was something, then I just admonish you to come because you become the recipient of the greater good that God has for your life. The path is out there. There's three of them. There's the one that leads that way to hell, one that leads that way, but this is the one that leads to life. It's all found in the person of Jesus, and it starts right there in that baptismal tank as God will shift off the old and embrace the new. Glory to God. Okay, guys, you can go back. I did what I had to do. Glory to God. Kathy, go ahead. You know, the bottom line is God has provided Hallelujah. everything we need. How many believe uh, poverty is a curse? 
Who wants to be poor? Not too many people. How many believe sickness is a curse? Come on. You know, there, there are things that sin brought in that weren't there before sin was there. And so we know that the curse comes, you know, hatred and murders and theft and all the genocides and all of the things that we see rampant in our world are there because of the curse, because of sin. And so, you know, when God makes provision, he made a way for us that we can overcome this world. Jesus overcame Come it on, for Jim. us. And just as, as Pastor Rick just shared about uh, Joseph, how many know what happened to Jesus when he was going through his uh, passion and dying on the cross, put on the cross, how many know that was evil being done to him? Come on. But what, was God using that evil? Yes. God knew what they were going to do to him. Turned it around. But he turned it around. In fact, he conquered evil with the very thing that they were doing. And so... Jesus was able to conquer death, hell, and the grave because of the humility and the uh, obedience to God he was willing to do. And so he conquered death and rose from the dead. But God took the evil and beat the devil up with it. And he can do that in our lives. Come on, Kath. When evil comes our way, right. when something comes against Slay us, and, and whether it's persecution, see, there is a suffering of persecution. There is things that happen to us because of our sin or the sins of others that can happen in our lives. But when we turn it over to God, when we surrender it to him, and when we trust him and exercise our faith and guard our hearts, God will take what the devil meant to destroy us, and he'll destroy the devil with it. Right. And he'll change the That's whole right. circumstance around because on, God yeah. is all powerful and he's all knowing and he's able to do the impossible. Right. But our job is to trust him. Our job That's is right. to commit ourselves to him. Our job is to put our faith in him and faith in what he can do, knowing that he's given us the right to choose him or to choose sin. And darkness. And see, that's what God is calling us all to do. I want to walk in victory. And so I know when I'm faced with challenges, when I'm going through a difficult time, I can choose to look to God or I can get angry and bitter and blame God or blame others for what's going on. Because when I trust God and when you trust God, God gets activated. And now he can change something that was maybe meant that had the potential to bring death to us and destruction to us. Now it's going to do the opposite. That's right. But you know what? That goes against our sin nature. Because your sin nature wants to have pity parties, wants to fight back, wants to blame, wants to get angry, wants to, you know, do all these negative things. And so that's why God is looking for those that choose him and trust him. But when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you now have his spirit on the inside of you. And his spirit makes you alive unto God so that you can see the things of God and you can see the truth and you can know the truth and the truth will set you free. And he'll give you the ability to walk in victory. You can't do it on your own. Jesus said without him, we can do nothing. But he said, with him, we can do all things. That's right. And see, we need to to depend on him. And see, that is is an an offense to man's pride. That's an offense to man's pride. But who are we compared to him? Who are we compared to the creator of all things? Why is it so hard Mm -hmm. for man to submit to him or to acknowledge that he might know a little more than us? You know, it amazes me that people don't get this. But that's what sin does. It blinds our eyes and blinds our hearts. That's why we need to be praying for people. 
praying for them to have their eyes opened and that they, they'll be able to see. And you know, God doesn't send people to hell. They choose to go there. There is a destiny. There is a hell. That can't change. There has to be a place for evil to be. And there is a heaven, and that can't change. But where we end up is our choice. And, and God desperately wants every man to choose him. That's right. his will. That's what he wants. But he can't force that to happen mm -hmm. because we have choice. And so God made provision for everybody in this world. Good, he made a way for all of us. And it's a good way. You know, when I'm witnessing to somebody and I present them with the gospel and I tell them about the free gift of salvation, if they reject it, I would ask them, why would you reject this? Why wouldn't you want this? It doesn't cost you anything. Cost him everything. And it cost him everything. And so it's, it's, it's what we want. We should never ever be ashamed of the gospel or intimidated by the gospel because it is the greatest message for mankind. And we should always, if people try to make us feel guilty or bad because we say, oh, there's only one way or, you know, um, you know that Jesus is the only way or that God is good, you know, we need to turn it around. We need to turn it around and help them see, no, they're the ones that have a problem. It's not God. It's our hearts, the human heart. Amen? Let's all stand up. So many other questions we could answer today about, you know, to the unknown God. Paul comes and says, I'm going to tell you who the unknown God is. It's Jesus Christ. Come on. And he brought him right into the focus in Acts 17 that was there. And what did he call men to do? Repent. Believe. Be baptized. Never changes. It's all there for you and I today. I hope you got something out of this day. How many learned something today? Amen. So we want you to remember these things that we're sharing out there. If heaven is good, pure, righteous, and holy, and how many know hell is the opposite? And what's hell can't get in to heaven. It just doesn't blend together there. Kathy made it in the first service. She said something. She says, when I do wrong, I know I do wrong, and I confess it to God in me. Come on. How many know all of us, if, we, if we're doing wrong and we're not acknowledging it, how many know there's an issue inside that goes into our heart? And that's where we always got to do life is from the heart. Father, as we have the bread in our hands, we're reminded of the blood covenant today. And we thank you for it as we heard it today from the teacher and the preacher and blending it together to present the gospel of Jesus. And he came to save lost, disconnected, broken, hurting mankind. And we also found that lost people matter to God. And if they matter to you, Father, may they matter to us. Read the scripture earlier today that Jesus identifies with the least of these, my brethren. May we do the same to bring honor to you. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ, that the price you paid was the ultimate price. You gave your yes, best, you gave your all to demonstrate to us how much you love us, how much you desire us to choose you and to choose righteousness and holiness. Lord, that we get to know you, that we get to know your kingdom, to be in your kingdom. Sure. And so, Father, we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ and all the things that you did for us 
so that we could freely come into your presence and know you and be part of your family and your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.